Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 2nd of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from Hockey Hurts, Scott Dom. And the reason that and we are a month away from the last podcast. Yeah, um, you know, life, life happened. <laughs> yes, moving east to west does that. No, west to east does that. So, yeah, Cam, you've... You've had to, to go across the country again. Yeah, so we're back to that 14-hour time zone. And with the fact that our lives have changed since we last did this time zone, things are a little more complicated. So, um, you know, apologies for the gap in between, but it was uh, probably not going to happen any other way uh, based on kind of everything that's been going on. So... I don't believe we've talked since Pittsburgh was even... They were still playing hockey. And that well, feels we did like forever four. ago. Yeah, it was literally day short of a month, the last podcast that we did. I think that's our longest uh, hiatus since we started. I think so. I think, yeah, even when you get summer holidays, we still manage to do one every couple of weeks. Um Anything that jumped out at you about the Penguin series at all that Pittsburgh fans would probably want to discuss? I mean, I thought it was a coin flip series, and Holtby was better than Murray. I don't, I don't really have unique opinions about the series. I I don't really buy into the Capitals from past years stuff because you know every year's it's new thing uh team turnover quite frankly i think the washington team that beat them this year was not as good as the one last year and the penguins team that lost was actually better than the one that won last year so it's it can be the sport can be pretty stupid at times but these teams have been coin flips in this particular generation they've always been coin flip series you think about it like a couple of bounces the other way, um, you know, Valamov not shooting the bet in Game 7, and it's a completely different 10-year stretch, you know, from 09. So I'm not particularly upset that the Penguins lost this time around. We've just seen two Stanley Cup runs. Um, I think some of the on-ice decisions that Sullivan made through the series needs to be looked at. He needs to have a bit of a look at what he considers a winning formula for the team um it relied very heavily this time around on the superstars pulling their weight uh as opposed to the previous years where it felt like there was depth scoring and that to me was probably the difference like you, you get there and you're right i'll be played better than murray but washington's depth guys that usually pull up short on them didn't this time around and pittsburgh's did yeah pretty much um I know Phil didn't have quite the playoff run he had in previous years, but and and we will talk about Phil uh, stuff later. But he did have nine points in twelve playoff games, uh, I believe, off the top of my head. Yeah. So. Yep. Not atrocious. Not. Not the worst thing. Uh, of course, when you you alluded to the depth, not. Picking up their slack, the nine points in twelve games isn't enough. 
But who, you know, that's... No, it's not. At the same time, you look back last year, I mean, the guy was a monster again, along with Gino. And do you, they got through. Do you take much into this garbage? Do you take much into this garbage at the moment on there being a rift? I can't work that out. I don't think... That's, let's see, how do I want to attack this? I don't think there's a huge rift. I think they're annoyed at the consecutive game streak being something that Phil really wanted to keep alive. Probably could have had rest at the end of the year. But he finished the year with seven points in the last four regular season games. So, um, some you would expect him to be able if he could do that at the end of the year. You'd expect him to be able to do it in the playoffs. Like I can't see a. I don't think he looked right. No, um, and I do there was think that made me think that yeah. Also, I. It's impossible to dive headfirst into this without knowing what the injury was. By playing, did it actually worsen it? Did it not matter? Uh, those are variables that we did not get the answer to, and quite frankly... Uh, never will. <laughs> no, no, never will, and I, I don't need players to give me quotes after the year. Most of them are, you know, not very useful. And, and Kessel never gives a useful quote. I want to say in February, he goes, this is the last time you guys are going to hear from me for a long time. <laughs> so he he gave, a, gave a notice. I don't know. Oh, there you go. You got, a perf- like. you got a perfect storm with the Kessel stuff. You have yeah. media members that have a job to do, and I don't doubt that the team's a little bit upset about the consecutive games thing. You have a player that the fans love and a player that classically makes media jobs harder because they lean on the quotes so much instead of uh, using other avenues. So there's... The reports are never going to be going out of their way to kind of be positive about them. But it's one of those things where if you're a reporter that's going to report on the team for 20 years, you're going to side with management more than the player because you need the relationship with the team, not the individual. Yeah, that would make logical sense too. But, you know, Phil has a, you know, everybody knows his track records to this point with that kind of stuff. Yeah, but everybody knows his um, production track record. He's a point-per-game player and had his best season of his career in Pittsburgh this year. Like, that's the thing that I don't get. You've made some really good points in the whole, through some of your articles. You do want to trade Phil Castle, but not yet. I don't think you want to trade him for 18-19. I think you want him for 18-19, particularly with the way this team's set up with Brassard going to be his most likely centre. Um, I, I think it would be folly unless somebody ridiculously overpays so maybe call Chiarelli I don't know yeah my stance with Phil um, 
let the season play out, reevaluate. Uh, you know, I would personally be focusing more on the five v five numbers because I think power play has some longevity for him there, especially on this team. Uh, mm, good, good point. I, I want to know his individual shot attempts, and if that starts to plummet, I'd be really concerned because that's telling me he's not getting time and space anymore. And, uh, you know, I think when the table falls, or he falls off the table, it's going to be not not great. I don't think it's going to it be. It feels like it, it'll be Bobby Ryan luck. He'll be useless. Yeah. I mean, offense and generation is his thing. And if that um, becomes problematic because he's not finding time and space to get the shots off and stuff. Uh, yeah. So that would be what I would do after every year. And after this year, uh, he actually saw an uptick in his individualized shot attempts so that would just be one of the main areas i'm looking at uh the 92 points the the power play production all that combined i'm rolling the dice again and i don't claim that to be some insider smart opinion i mean that's to me that's an an obvious decision uh we'll see where we are next june and go from there Uh, you want to be ahead of the curve with this thing uh, but then again, you know, what year is it? Two more years, and then we got a lockout. I think you may be able to ride him out to the end. You are right. Yeah, you might just buy him out if, even if the maybe he, maybe he defies the aging curve. Who knows? He's Phil. He he just has a way of just keep on being good. So, but he's one thing I have noted with the age-defying curves guys is they're usually the elite of the elite or their elite players playing with the elite of the elite so if there's any environment where he could defy the curve it would be with a team with Malcolm and Crosby on it so he's in a great spot to do that because you look at like you know Thornton and Marlowe playing together with the guys over in San Jose Thornton's the elite of the elite and Marlowe's an elite player he's now playing with elite players in Toronto and still I think outperforming what his age would suggest he can so it's certainly possible I mean the argument against Kessel being able to do that is that um, he looked like a guy that doesn't have a great off ice uh, work rate but I would suggest that he's probably working a little harder than people give him credit for I don't think he likes doing the lifting from the stories but I think he's capable no and he always tests out pretty pretty well Um, he's just pudgy he just doesn't look like a pro athlete that's the reality i'm not too concerned about that side of things i think he's proven that he's able to play big minutes he he does work hard out there and uh yeah so i think this is a situation where yes it's okay to be mildly annoyed that the consecutive games streak is probably hampering some of the medical decisions on what they normally would do. But I also think it's time to act like adults and get over it because there's no shot in hell you're making up 92 points uh, at 6.8 million kind of value. And who are you trading him no. to? No. 
that's that's not a tr- there are a lot of things problematic with the situation and that is eight team lists that you can trade to what are those eight teams who who the heck knows also what kind of team wants Phil a win now team well win now teams aren't going to give back win now pieces most likely correct penguins are you know definitely win now with Crosby and Malkin at 31 and 30. Well, actually, I, I think Gino's 32. I think his birthday just happened this week. I, I look at it and go, theoretically, they've got a scorer in Sprong that if Kessel got injured for 12 months, he'd be the guy that would replace Kessel in the lineup. That's where I think they're headed. With, <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to believe it. I have to see it first. I, I totally get your argument there, but I, I don't think they have a choice. I think they need to bring that kid in because they need to know what they've got with him. And, and the only way you could justify a Kessel trade now that would never give you back the volume of points that he's done is that you go, we've got 30 goals from the kid. And how the hell do you know he's going to do that with the you fact they don't know what he's got? So... That's but that's that's the only way. If they could, got thirty could... goals from the kid, what a damning thing that is to keep them oh, sheltered fuck in the, the fuck AHL. Fuck the damning thing about it now. Like that's the, this season's gone, right? So you've got to try and plan ahead. No, no, if I they're understand. Gonna get this. There and, yeah, I know, but if they're going to get there and shelter him again because they still think he's got NHL deficiencies in his uh, defensive side of his game, then this franchise is just ridiculously frustrating. The window's getting smaller and smaller every year because the guys that drive the bus are getting older. They can only carry the guys... Every year they get older, they can carry the other guys that aren't as good less and less. And you're not going to have that flexibility soon. No. It'll be interesting to see if Sprung uh, makes it through the draft I'll be so fr- that'll be two assets that they've just fobbed off for nothing for, and I think from poor management and yes Pouliot hasn't turned out to be what everyone or what I particularly thought it could be but I still say he got mismanaged early and that's why he is what he is now and we'll never have a way to prove that but that's my opinion on that sort of thing this this regime seems to struggle to give youth a chance Unless they're really Unless out of they're the box, physical. like Gensel. Well, yeah, that's just just a whole other podcast, really, in itself. And that's the sort of stuff that, like, obviously, my schedule will settle down now when we get into the off season. Funnily enough, we'll have time to go over a lot of these things and and cover them all off across the league, not just in Pittsburgh. Um, anything else glaring, like? I'm not worried about Murray and, and his ability to bounce back from a very difficult year emotionally for him, obviously. And you can make the argument that it bled into his on-ice play. So I'm not particularly concerned about, about how he went. Goalies, man, you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't think that he was going to go his career rocking near a, a 940 even strength save percentage like all the time so um didn't predict uh quite the the poor year he had this year but um 
You're going to get probably above average from him. More years than not. And I think that's where you want to be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. Eventually he's going to get paid. I'm not so sure what that's going to look like. And the team did just trade away who I thought would be the next kind of guy. And Gustafson. They have two guys at the... They have two guys at the moment that look like they're going to be 20 to 25 games a year backups. They don't feel to me like inside their system that they're going to be the next go-to. But then again, neither did Murray. You know, everybody was on, on the Jerry bandwagon, really. So I'm hoping they're not expecting the Smith or Jerry to be the next guy up when they might have to go, ooh, Murray's price is a bit much. Let's try and move him on. Yeah, who knows what the market will look like at that point in time, but right now, well, that'll be definitely that'll, the that'll guy. be post well, and that'll be post lockout. So the the whole landscape will be different by then. Yeah. Um I guess the only last thing I would add about the Phil stuff is you know, Mike Sullivan's going to have to get over whatever abrasion there is in the relationship because quite frankly it's a lot easier to find guys that do what he does than finding players that do what phil does and that's always the case that's why coaches are uh you know kind of sorted through even when they do have great success team-wise like winning two championships in a row um i just don't think I don't know. I think Sullivan's a good coach. I don't think he's, like, I wouldn't consider elite or above criticism, to be quite honest. I mean... No, I mean, he's been... He's, the two Stanley Cup runs has given him wiggle room, but that shouldn't mean he's um, free from criticism. You're absolutely right. So, need to try to get the blinkers off now. And, and have a look at some things and go, what could be done better? I'm hoping that that's exactly what he's like as a person, to sit back and go, all right, what could I have done better? What decisions could I have made differently that may have given us a different result? I think what he does at the tail end of the roster is one of those things that needs to be assessed. But um, we'll, we won't know until, you know, first five or six games of next year. I mean, for me, an elite coach isn't dressing Tom Kuhnhockel every game he's physically able to play. No, absolutely not. The, there are better options you could use on that that penalty kill, which is the only reason he was in the roster, like in the lineup every night. That that was perfectly clear. But when he goes out at five on five, a couple of good hits here, or a couple of shifts where the puck does stay in the offensive zone, but no actual shots on goal occur, is just useless. I'd like to see Sherry if he makes it through the summer, get some PK time with his speed. Yeah, he doesn't haggling really, it up. He really doesn't get too much power play time, obviously. I don't think he's the type of player that you need to... Like, power play, too, doesn't get that much time as it is. But I would no. I would use his minutes on the PK with that kind of speed. Broussard's already going to take over the half-wall slot that I think Sherry tends to do at times on that role anyway, so... 
Yeah, I, I think, think that would maybe be an interesting having him, shift. Having him set up on the sort of in the Phil Kessel slot or even the TJ Oshie slot on the power play where, you know, Hornquist tends to not be able to pitch off the goalie and, and pop out for the shot. I think Sherry's okay at that one-timer flick. So um, having him somewhere around there, just put him in a spot to succeed. Putting him on the, the penalty kill, he'll get breakaways. So he'll get opportunities with his stick to, you know, accidentally chip it past the point man and fly. So I, I see no real negative in it. It's not like his brain's too slow to understand what's going on out there. So, yeah, they've got options, which is important and, and better than being in a situation where you're kind of stuck and you've got no flexibility. So, you know, we'll see where the Phil stuff heads. I know, uh, what was the report? Two non-playoff Eastern teams have already tried to make offers. Yeah, that was from uh, guest of the podcast. Um, was where I read that from Matt Gaetje. So, um, yeah, and you go, what could those two teams possibly offer Pittsburgh that would warrant them giving up 95 points? And could you really see them being on his eight-team list? I would struggle with that. I mean, he could always waive it, but Phil wasn't exactly breaking down the door to get out of Toronto, even though he was treated like shit. Yeah, he seems weirdly loyal at times to the club that's looking after him he doesn't see he seems capable of separating the media treatment from the club treatment so it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out so with that said um stanley cup final uh very intriguing matchup i think i think it's been a great uh great for the nhl to have their Expansion team make the final in year one. Uh, bad for the other GMs who, you know, not a good look for them. <laughs> no, true. Very true. I know the rules were rigged a little bit uh, more positive for this particular expansion team. But, um, you know, myself, along with the rest of you listening, don't fucking lie about it. Um <laughs> Didn't have this team going that far this year, and it's been a pretty crazy and wild ride. Um, it's been legitimate. Like, the playoff run, they caught a lot of breaks. Uh, I am impressed that they beat Winnipeg, though. But going through the Kings and, and Sharks in the Pacific was probably the easiest road that any team had to get to where we are now. Yeah, and... The, not just the fact that they beat Winnipeg, but they did it in five. Like, yeah, I know some of the games were a little coin flippy, but you've still got to win them. And, you know, ridiculous save percentage or not, they still scored goals. Like, they did wipe them off the floor in a couple of games. So Every time um, Winnipeg got a lead, it just got snatched back like a minute later. It had to be so frustrating. And that, that was, and that was game one of the cup. As well, like both teams, you know, got a lead, disappeared, got a lead, disappeared. It just flipped and flopped back in a game that both goaltenders, one looked a little nervous, the other one looked a little rusty. And, you know, game two um, was a little 
uh, well, was substantially better from Holtby. He was fantastic. And, and Fleury looked like the goalie he has been his career average. Yeah, um, Fleury has put himself at the top of the Conn Smythe, deservingly so. But the first two games of the final, um, you know, honestly, the way he's played, I think Vegas is lucky to have a split there. Oh, absolutely. The team bailed him out in game one, um, didn't bail him out in game two. He needs to win a game in Washington for them for this to, you know, be a best of three, basically. I, I said to you before the podcast, I think if Washington win game three today... I think Washington will win it in five, but if if Pittsburgh, oh Pittsburgh, Jesus! <laughs> it is well. <laughs> there's quite a number of them: uh, England, oh, Iran, yes. Neil, Flurry. Uh, are we missing anybody? Um, oh, probably. There seems to be a stack of them. Um, but yeah, if Vegas, if Vegas win, I think it, this thing will probably go seven. So it's it's just weird. Um, I hope Fleury continues to play better than average because the playoffs will go a little further. Um, and I'd like him to be able to try and scrub the whole, um, you know, just the whole attitude towards him. I think he's a better goalie than that really shitty run he had in Pittsburgh. And he's certainly not as good a goalie as he's had in the first three rounds this year. If he comes away and plays a bit above average, I think that's enough for Vegas to win. Um, but it's going to be tough because even with Kuznetsov injured, um, Ovechkin nope, nope, just nope. looks fantastic. Nope. Playing. I know he's going to play. I know he's going to play, but he's not 100% now, and um, they've got a few guys, like important guys like Backstrom as well, that's starting to pull up hurt. So I hope neither of the injuries to those two players slows them down as the series goes along. Um. Yeah, I'm surprised Kuznetsov's still got an arm there. I thought he broke his wrist. Obviously, he didn't if he's making a go of it. So I wonder what yeah. it was. Could have just sprained the hell out of it, and they've gone, yeah, that thing's floppy as. Can you move it? Yep, we'll just make sure it doesn't hurt when you play. So he's warming up between Ovechkin and Wilson um, right now. So... Looks like he'll be on his normal line. Cool. So is there any chance at all that the officiating is going to improve at all? Or is it just going to be shit the rest of the way? Because it's been <laughs> terrible so far. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's Wilson bad. shouldn't be playing in any more games this playoff run at all. He's got a history in this playoff run. And then... The officials on the ice should have got him for at least a two-minute interference call on that. And it was cheap hit, too. Like, I know people said it wasn't a hit to the head. It's not suspendable. But they're the types of hits that the league doesn't need. And he came from a mile away on the other side of the ice with no other intention than to destroy Marsh or so. I mean, it shouldn't matter, the victim. But let's be honest, he just does. He, he just targeted the other teams leading scorer on yeah. a blind side oh, open ice hit with the puck nowhere near it and it, you don't need to hit somebody in the head to give a concussion no 
Especially if you're not aware. Mm-hmm. And I heard another podcast, somebody trying to make the argument of don't admire your past, and that's that's such fucking bullshit logic. Yeah, but that's and, not what 80s logic. That's Scott Stevens getting away with what Scott Stevens did. That's what Will Samuelson used to do. That was always the argument. Oh, they were admiring their pass, and it's like, well, so what? When the hell have I can't... ever made a pass and not looked at where it went? Well, you want to make sure they at least receive the pass. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what the hell happens so I can read and adjust. You shouldn't yeah, have to worry about being a... blindsided, because some psychopath can't, you know, get his shit together. Well, the other thing about that is, it's like, if they called a penalty on that hit, I have a feeling people wouldn't be baying for Wilson's blood. But the fact that nothing's getting called in uh, each round, it's gotten worse. Less and less is getting called. So quite clearly, the officials have been given a directive, do not call something unless it's blatant. And even then, they're struggling to call those things. They have to have a complete rejig of, of what they think is good hockey. Because it just it's just not possible at the moment to, to watch some of this stuff. It's it's amazing. Like freaking Ryan Reeves' goal. That's a cross check. I'm sorry, but you can't whack a guy down in the back like that and get away with it. Yet apparently you can. And it's not like the puck isn't there. Obviously he's a fucking goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it, it's just ridiculous. So I'm I'm finding that part of it very very frustrating and the thing on top of that is that after i think it was after game one all nbc talked about was the poor officiating it's like that was one of the better game one stanley cup final games we've had in a while it was fun it was fast it was backwards and forwards with the score line yet there were so many things that didn't get called and that's what they wanted to focus on and rightfully so the, the they need to have a serious look at what's going on with the way they're calling the games. Yeah, but they, they've they shown us time and time again that's really not on their agenda. Oh, that won't, that won't happen. Absolutely, you're right. But it's, it's amazing that you can take runs at players like that and not even literally not have any kind of punishment in-game or out-of-game. From, from a player with a track record, no less. And that, I think, is the problem for me. Like, if you got there and it was Backstrom that did it, I'd be like, okay, that was really weird. There's no history here. Should have got a penalty call. Didn't. To me, so that's, that's a five-minute really major crap, interference. That's an on-ice official problem. We see, I, I'd have been happy with just a two-minute major, but yes, you're right. It's a five-minute major interference penalty, and it should be called it should be called uh, interference with intent to injure. That's what they should say on the ice. People are... Well, he didn't light him up. Like, you tell me what purpose that hit had. It had nothing to do with the sport. Well, not the current day sport, but yeah, you're exactly right. So, why wouldn't it be a major from logical mindset? It just... Well, I understand... I understand why the Washington fans don't want it because a lot of them are complaining about how stupid Wilson's penalties are. So I get their point, but uh, a neutral observer needs to look at it way differently than they currently are. And they're still not moving on from a, an era that 
is going to see a, a massive lawsuit against the NHL. <laughs> Which is going to get worse and worse as we get going because uh, what the hell? There was some, something uh, TSN released. Oh, what was it? Oh, no, there's some good stuff TSN are releasing at the moment. Exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I can't remember what it was, though. Oh, there was a the Mark poster, poster. That they said they... There it is. Yeah. I had it they... saved. Um, Mark version of a poster for a good laugh was um, email the NHL lawyer, and it was concussion symptoms, feeling like a giant pussy. <laughs> well, add that to, to the evidence against uh, negligence. Yeah. And willfully get... putting your head in the sand. Absolutely. Um, so I do really enjoy Ovechkin getting to play for this. I think. And playing well. You know, it's something that he's probably deserved before now, for sure. Uh, yeah. He's always been a quality playoff performer. And... He's taken a lot of heat that probably was very misdirected. Yeah, but he's Russian, so, you know. Yeah. Hey, look, if they win it, Holtby's going to get the Conn Smythe. No. Won't be Ovechkin. Nah. I think Ovi will get it if he's sniffing the goal lead. I hope so. I just, you know. Honestly, I think he might. Uh, be able to pull that off. I hope so. If they win it, he'll he'll be one, he'll be one of the major reasons why they win it, and he should deserve to get it. I mean, if, if Fleury put it ends this way, Sid nine... Sid got two that he didn't deserve. One of them, two. Kessler should have won one of them. I know that. I would have I would have given Gino the one last year. Yeah, but he's Russian and already has one. Yeah, he can't be double dipping. <laughs> Sid probably had his best playoff this year. <laughs> Look where it got him. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. He I know it. I think he had as many points as the whole Con Smythe run in two rounds. Yeah, I he was that, great. That this line year. was that line was on fire, and it would have been cool if they could have kept it going, but. They didn't get the coin flips where they needed them, and um, not winning game five killed that team. They needed that game five win, and and not winning that was was what did them in. You could just hear it in all of the post game quotes um, after game five, and then after game six as well. Um, it sounded like the team just went, well, they didn't give up on it, but they knew they were up against it, and um, yeah, it's one of Sid's better playoff. Playoff runs, even though it was only two two rounds. Um, what else is I? I've enjoyed the pregame uh, Las Vegas shows. I guess I normally skip the pregame stuff, but for game one, I went no, no, no. I'm gonna watch this because I don't get to watch these games live very often. Because uh, I'm not gonna get to watch this one live today. I'm going out for brunch with the family, and um you sit there and just go, this is awesome. Why are people complaining about this stuff? This is great. 
I'm I my complaint isn't with the actual production. I think they should bump it forward so the game doesn't start at eight twenty six. Oh, absolutely. The, the, and, the, and that's the TV freaking NHL not setting things up right. One thing the uh, the NBA do get right is their games start at, what, six past the hour that they've got it set to start? Yep. And hockey takes much longer than basketball to play, and they're going head-to-head. So I suppose people might switch from the NBA to hockey for, for game three, but it's just... It's just bizarre. Best sport, worst run league. Um, I kind of like where the Capitals are right now. Uh, that's what my brain's telling me. My heart's telling me you keep betting against Vegas and they keep <laughs> shoving it back in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Fleury has to 9.30 at the rest of the way, though, for them to win it, I think. I th- and that that's like full game like he needs to stop some power play goals going in it's not quite the Habs carry price uh situation because vegas actually did have pretty solid underlying numbers all things considered this year so it wasn't a fluke that they made the playoffs Um, no but it doesn't change the fact when you get through to the last round and you got a competent opponent that's also feeling good about themselves. You know, you got to maintain that level of play that got you there, and it's not easy. And quite frankly, if Flurry doesn't do it, I won't have criticism for him, much like I did in, when he um, was playing poorly all those other years because he's he's carried much of the load for this team to get to where they are. Um, I mean, if he can't get above 900 in the final i i do think that merits criticism but it wouldn't change that he's had a great year it would it would be typical flurry though to have gone through three rounds being superhuman and then to get to the cup final and be below average like it's his career in a nutshell really um and it, it's it's one of those things where it's a conversation for another off season but um he wins this. He's got four cups. He's going to have a stack load of wins by the time he ends. Oh, um, I get, I don't think that he is, but can you not see him getting in? Oh, I can definitely see him getting in because nobody knows yeah. what the fuck they're talking about with goalies. <laughs> but And that's the thing, though. Like, you look at it and... He's not a generational talent. No, he's not, but he's going to have numbers that will compare to those what that numbers? are already in. And he's, he's weird. This is the thing. Like, you and I look at wins as a different statistic right but that's not how the hall of fame looks at it no I, I get Stanley... this but notice that yeah. any hall of fame talk about most goalies starts with save percentage see that's the thing i don't hear that i don't hear usually it's it's the wins it's the cups then it's save percentage that's that's the third cap off the rank no and but i, I mean legitimate f- hall of fame talk oh well then if you lob it to the first point and compare it like that, then yeah, he has no right to go in. And we all know I'm a massive fan of Fleury, so it's not like I'm I'm jumping ship on this here. I just don't think he's that good. Like, he can't have a tail end of his career where his save percentage is like 9.28 the rest of the way to drag his career save percentage up to around about 9.15. And 
915 is still not enough to, to be up where you've got guys like Hashik and all that in there. So in a different era too. Correct. So it's, it's frustrating in that regards because he's going to be in those conversations and people are going to trash the hell out of him and make him sound like he's worse than he actually is because they rightfully will be saying he shouldn't be in the hall of fame. No, he should, he should it's not. It's the Ovechkin he, argument. He should not be in the conversation you know? at all. Um, no, but Pittsburgh, we know he will Pittsburgh be. will probably retire his number and that's uh, a team choice. And, um, you know, that's, that's an individual team's decision. Uh, the hall of fame, um, yeah, I just... They should know better. They should they know better. They don't know better. That's the problem. I just... I mean, you look at the... F- you I don't want to be I'm... having these anti-flurry discussions, but you get put in them all the time because that's, people want to pull too yeah. hard the other way. Yep, that's the, that's the point that I was making. It's like you, you end up looking like you, you hate the guy and everybody knows he's a fantastic dude, but you look at his numbers against guys that are in there and the only things that people who want him in there are going to say is oh look at his wins which is a team which is a, a, a freaking team stat anyway and look at all the cups he's got which once again is a team thing so he was below said, average in 09 yep didn't really do shit the second one played great against washington pittsburgh would not have won the cup without that last year playing awesome this year hasn't won it yet um but I don't think winning it should discredit or not winning it should, should not discredit what he's, he's done this year. This is the best year of his career. Well, it's better than his 08 run and his 08 run would have been con Smythe worthy had they won that. Cause that team had no right being, you know, Flurry finishes nine twenty and they lose the next, uh, however many games. I, I think he could still win it as a uh, kind of a JS Jaguar kind of yeah. deal. And that, that once again, just brandishes that myth and aura about it. So I'm not incapable of saying, yeah, he deserves these these accolades. But come on. He played on the most offensive-powered team. I've I've done the numbers on this. He got more goal support than any other goalie in his era. So explain Grant Fuhr to me then. What? Because he's in the Hall of Fame, right? Well, same conversation. That's my point, and that's what's going to destroy our arguments for him not getting in. You know, that was like the 80s, though. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get it, though. I get all that. you'd hope that these people would, like, open their eyes and... I mean, Pierre Maguire's on the fucking thing, so... Give me a break. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to have to wrap this thing up now, because I have to get going. Okay, I hope uh, things are going good with the move. Yeah, I've still got all of my stuff to unpack. It's a bit of a shambles. So um, hopefully I'll get that done in the next few days. But we'll see how it goes. So thank you for your patience, everybody. Um, In case you've forgotten, please uh, rate (laughs) us on iTunes. Um, Well, no, maybe hold off on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you can find us on iTunes. We've got our Twitter handles. It's at hockey underscore hertz at Walshy sixty six at Gunner Stall. Catch Ryan's stuff on uh, at hockeybuzz.com. There's some good things he's got going on up at the moment. Um, 
flick us some questions. We'll try and answer them uh, on the podcast. I can't see us scheduling another month between the podcasts. They should be a little more regular now. Yeah, so, um, again, appreciate the patience. And, um, yeah, we'll see you sooner than the last time. Thankfully. Yeah, so. Adios. Bye.